Well, most of you know that COVID did a lot of damage, um, you know, to the church in many ways. Um, a lot of churches are struggling. Pastors are resigning. Many are discouraged. And uh, I want to say congratulations that you are still here uh, because not everybody is um, across, the, across the nation. You know, some denominations have lost tens of thousands of people. And uh, all COVID did was expose what was already there and the fact that um, many Christians, not you, of course, were just lukewarm and half-hearted. And so when the opportunity came, they just kind of, uh, you know, tuned out to a certain measure. And it's been a bit sad to see what's been happening. But I reckon uh, the devil made a big mistake. I reckon he made a big mistake. Because I don't know about you, but I know many of us, including me, we are more determined than ever before to see the church of New Zealand revived, to rise up, set on fire, and to be what it's called to be, more determined than ever before to see the church of New Zealand grow and increase and have an impact in this nation. The devil should never have messed with you and with me and with the church of New Zealand. We are marked by God to see this nation turn to Jesus and we will get the job done with God's help, all right? So we wanna see it revived and we're gonna see what God will do. You know, when I read the book of Acts and when I read the Bible, what challenges me, and I know most of you do the same thing, and you just see the miracles. You know, you see the church on fire. You see, uh, you see thousands being saved and added to the church. You see community transformation. You see revival. You see the nations turning to God. You know, you see Jesus on the lips of, you know, he was on the lips of all the people that the religious leaders said, you've got to stop talking about this name of Jesus. Everybody was talking about Jesus. Do you know there was a time in New Zealand not that long ago when everyone was talking about Jesus? I remember the marches and the charismatic renewal down in Christchurch, 15,000 marched in the streets, you know, shouting the name, give us a J, give us an E, give us an E, Jesus. And people were shouting the name of Jesus. And up in Auckland, 20,000 marched the street. Jesus was on the lips of the people because God was doing so much in the church. And I see that in the book of Acts. And then I look at the church today and I thank God something's missing. There's no resemblance to what I read in this book. And I'm praying and asking God. Now often my prayer is very simple. I want you to join me in this prayer and I say, God, I just want what I see in the Bible. I just want what I see in the early church. God, I'm not asking for something special. I'm not asking for something unusual. I'm just asking for biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity, where people are ablaze for God, where where the community is being impacted and lives are being mightily transformed by the Spirit of God. And that's my prayer, and that's why we have the theme of Revive, because we believe that the Church of New Zealand and many of us need to be revived so our walk with God reflects what we read in the book of Acts. I want to encourage you to read the book of Acts and then say, God, how does my life, how does our church match up with what we read in the book of Acts? Let me remind you, some of you have heard this before, of what God can do. I want to take you back to the 1949 Hebridean revival 
when two sisters in their 80s, one is blind and the other is crippled with arthritis, but they would pray from 10 at night till three in the morning, I think on a regular basis. Then one had a vision of the church full of young people. In those days, there was not one young person in church. It was amazing. <clears throat> Duncan Campbell said after a 3 a.m. prayer meeting, that's when it finished. A lot of these prayer meetings finished at 3 a.m., folks. Just take note, all right? Yeah. But that was the way, that was yeah. what? So often it was 3 a.m. I don't know why it was then, but I've read it numbers of times. And anyway, he's coming out of a 3 a.m. prayer meeting. He's just walking down the, 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 the roadway there, and there's three men on their faces before God crying out for mercy and for salvation. He noticed there's a light on in every room, in every house. And then there's a hundred young people at this dance. And suddenly, the, God turns up. Conviction of sin comes on a hundred young people, and they run to the nearest church. At that moment, people get out of bed for no reason, and they're all running to the church. The church, which was normally empty, is packed with 800 people. The Spirit of God has poured out. Many fall on their faces before God. Many are weeping and crying, and hundreds give their lives to Jesus Christ, and 75% before they got to church and before they heard a sermon. When God moves, folks, watch out. Watch out what God can do. They say God can do in a minute what we try and do in 50 years when the Spirit of God is poured out. That's why we need a revival. That's why we need reviving to take place. In a revived church, 1 Corinthians 4.20 is fulfilled. The kingdom of God, not just words, but power. People want transformation now, not just information, because needs are so great. In a revived church, people come to church, they get transformed. They get set free, they get healed, they get delivered, they get restored, they get saved, whatever, they get set on fire. That happens in a revived church. Give me a clap if you would like the church revived. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what you want? Don't you want to walk into a church and the atmosphere is just electric? You know, where people are crying out to God? You know, often when revival comes, you'll walk into church and people will be praying and crying out for the service. Not because anyone asked them to, but because they're stirred by God, knowing that prayer will shift the atmosphere. Prayer will change the service. Prayer will change the church. I, I'm trying to calm down, but I'm not doing very well. Even my notes I have, calm down. You know, just settle down. There's no need to get, you know, be like everyone else. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. No, just teasing, because you're the good guys. You're here this morning, so I'm preaching to the converted, aren't I? Why am I so passionate to see the church revived? Number one, so you stand strong in faith to the very end. Mm. The great shaking taking place right now on multiple levels, personal, family, city, nations, Ukraine, Israel, everywhere, all over the Middle East, all over the world. There's always been wars. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been famines. There's always been pestilences. But when you start to see them happen again and again and again with greater frequency and greater intensity, friends, you know 
that something is happening in our world. We are seeing the signs of the last days. We sing the song, Wake Up Sleeper. Friends, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up and know that the world is not what it used to be, friends. Things are changing. The narrative is moving very rapidly, very quickly. And uh, tell the person next to you, wake up. A bit louder than that. Come on, that wouldn't wake anyone up. <laughs> wake up. Hey, on campuses, wake up. So I want to see you and me and the body of Christ revived so we can stand strong in the face of the storms that are heading in our direction, the battles that are coming our way. I want us to be able to stand strong because you can't get ready for the battle on the day of the battle. You've got to be ready before the battle comes. You've got to be prayed up. You've got to be fired up. You've got to be revived up. You've got to be full of faith. You've got to be close to God. You've got to be on your knees. So when the battle comes, you are ready. And you say, go ahead, devil, make my day. And I bring him down because you're ready. You're ready to go. You're ready to, by the time it happens, so my, my vision to revive the church is to build us up, so every one of us, that we can say to others, we are very strong Christians. Yeah. I'm a strong Christian, all of us to be able to, how many of you would like to be able to say that? Yeah. How many of you would be able, to look, be able to look into the future and say, ha, doesn't matter what happens, I know I'm strong enough to handle it. Yeah. How, who would like to be able to say that? Yeah. That's what happens in a revived church. Yeah. If we don't have that right now, you know, <laughs> I know of too many Christians, once on fire, once serving God, once, you know, in the prayer meetings, once ablaze for God, have now lost their way. See, I was in the charismatic renewal, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, so many of us got impacted by God, but sadly, there were many at that time where their roots never went deep enough. And so when the renewal faded, and the pressure came, they lost their way. They weren't strong enough to handle what was thrown at them. So I want to get us, and I want to get you, and I want to get me to the place where the fire inside of you is greater than any fire outside of you. That's the place I want to get us to. That's why I want to see the church revived. It's, and for your, many ways, it's for your sake. It's for my sake, it's the sake of the, that's why I want to see the body of Christ um, re revived so that when all hell breaks loose, the church doesn't collapse somewhat like it did under COVID, but it gets stronger and it goes further and we see God move in greater power when the pressure comes on. So we need to be revived by the Spirit of God. So, you know, we spend a lot of our lives, some of us, trying to impress people and look good before them with the things that we do. Can I suggest that our focus should be living our lives so we look good before God yes. with the things that we do? Yes. Live your life so you look good before God. Yes. Stop trying to impress people. Yes. It's not worth it. They're not worth yes. it, as nice as they are. Yes. Live your life to impress God. Yes. So you know, if, or if you want to be able to do that, you need to focus more on our interior life than our walk with God, than our walk before people. Focus more on our interior life and our walk with God. 
because the stronger your interior life with God, the stronger you're going to stand in times of challenge, in times of pressure, in times of difficulty. So, Ephesians 6 verse 13, put on the whole armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, which is coming, folks, it is coming. If it's not come already, it is coming. You may be able to stand your ground. Hallelujah. Come on, church. So you can stand your ground. And having done, and, and after you've done everything, to stand. Wow. That's why I want the church revived. For your sake and my sake. And for the sake of the body of Christ. I want the body of Christ revived so the body of Christ is strong. Therefore, the theme of our conference is revive. You know, revived Christians, one thing they do is actually read this Bible. Thank you for the overwhelming response on that point. You know, I, 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 reckon, I, I reckon we should ban phones from church. Yeah, and everyone has to bring a Bible. How many, would vote, how many would vote for me on that one? I'm standing for return, restore the Bible party. <laughs> restore the Bible party, how about that? Hey, how many votes would I get? <laughs> so no phones and bring your Bible. No, no, but seriously, you know, to, to have your Bible with you. I know you can have it on your phone, but it's just a little bit different. Anyway, whatever it is, <clears throat> I want to encourage you to have your Bible. So instead of so much time on Facebook. How about getting your face into the book? Thank you for clapping, but it's not the point. The point is get your face into the book. Get your face in the book. If you spend as much time with your face in the book as you're on social media, you'd be one of the most on fire Christians in the nations. You'd be ablaze for God. Strong Christians have their face in the book. I'm gonna start the face in the book party. <laughs> There's nothing about strong Christians, and Moody put it this way. He said, the Christian who kneels Stands better. Christian who kneels, prays, spends time with God, stands better. So friends, get your face in the book and kneel before God. You'll be revived. And when all hell breaks loose, you will stand strong in the face of the onslaught of the enemy. So we wanna raise up a people so strong in the word, that's my vision, so you're so strong in this book, you're so strong in prayer, you're so strong in faith, that when you come to the end of your life, you will be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. Well, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I have kept the faith. A revived Christian will be able to say that. A revived Christian. Those who are not revived are probably gonna struggle to say that. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. 
Most of us know there's New Zealand tens of thousands of Christians no longer in church today, far from God. It's tragic, isn't it? One of the exciting things about Church Unlimited right now is we are seeing signs of God reviving the church. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me read to you Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. <clears throat> it says, forget the former things. Yes. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That's a key phrase there. Because some perceive it and some don't perceive it. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert and streams in the wasteland, or another version said rivers in the desert. Personally, I've stepped into a new day. I don't know if you recognize it, but some people do. Recently, a pastor said to me just last week, he said, he said you have shifted gear. After I'd preached and spoken, they said, Look, something's different. What's happened to you? I've stepped into a new day. I hope you have as well. It's time for all of us to step into a new day. <clears throat> the spirit level you will have been noticing is increasing in our services. You know, uh, at different parts of the service, we just sense that God is moving. There's more healings than ever before, more breakthroughs than ever before, more answers to prayer than ever before. And if you've not yet sent in a testimony of God's power, just say to God, God, please don't pass me by. I want a miracle. I want a testimony. I want a breakthrough. Everyone else is sending them in. I want to be able to send one in myself as well. More are attending prayer meetings. Listen, folks. More attending prayer meetings. <clears throat> There's about something, I'm not, it's hard to know exactly, but something like 25 revival prayer meetings across Church Unlimited campuses. Listen, the first revival in any revival is a revival of prayer. So we're touching the fringes of a revival of prayer. It's got a long way to go, but we're on the fringe of it, and it's the best sign in this church that we have ever had in my 35 years here. Prayer is beginning to increase, and as that increases, friends, you know there's a reviving gonna come. God is gonna pour out His Spirit, and amazing things are gonna happen. It's a new day, friends. God is doing some wonderful things, and make sure you're a part of it. Come along to our prayer meetings. And um, uh, last, some of you had the privilege of being here last Sunday night. Oh, my gosh. Wow, wow, wow. Altar call at the end. They were lined up from about there, right across, lined up. Salvations, many of them, first time salvations, right down. I think the last person that I shook hands with was right down there. We have not seen that happen, friends, for years. And many, as I said, first time decisions for Jesus. You just never know when God's gonna turn up in a service, you know. <clears throat> you know in the charismatic mural renewal, we would never miss a service because you never knew what God was gonna do. So people just, they were, we're just in church morning and night. I mean, that's what happens when, when revival happens because you know, or when God, the church gets revived, God just moves. People are so hungry to be in the house. But anyway, as I said, it's a new day, all those people being saved. And then uh, recently, I think uh, earlier in this year, 30, 11 to 12-year-olds were baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, and some of them without anyone praying for them. Woohoo! At that age, you know God is on the move. And, and then we had the, uh, the youth, the uh, impact camp just recently, 
And uh, Sydney's is just going about to move into a new building very shortly. Our city church has got a building extension taking place. Uh, we're looking to start a, a gathering, a church, a, a campus out on the coast as well. It is a new day. It is a new day. It is a new day. God is doing a new thing. <coughs> Tell the person next to you, it's a new day. We used to sing that song, didn't we? It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Does anyone not know it? Anyone know that? It's a new day. <laughs> Give up on you guys. I keep telling him I'm just going to have to do solos all the time in this place because no one else can stay with me. Hey, every flame begins with a spark. Tell the person next to you, I think you're that spark. Yeah? Why not you? Why not you? Why should it be someone else? Right? You be the spark. You be the spark. God's willing. He'll, he'll take anybody. Even if you're not educated, you're not very bright, you know, you're the low end of society. <laughs> Doesn't matter. God will use anybody. You know, revive means bringing back to life what has died. You know, the church was once alive, full of power, changing society, changing nations, multitudes being saved, but church over the centuries, as the years go by, dies. Then that's why it has to be revived. It's not like it was never alive, but it's coming back to life. And we'll see Ezekiel 37 fulfill, which is the dry bones. You know, hear the word of the Lord. And uh, God will bring that back in. All right, so the vision of New Zealand Beyond is to see the church of New Zealand revived and to see it become an exceedingly great army. Now, the second reason I'm passionate about the church being revived is that only a revived church can fulfill the Great Commission and reach a lost world. See, unless we're revived, <clears throat> it's very hard to actually have the heart and the passion and the fire to go and reach out a lost world because we're just struggling to survive ourselves. And so just we're looking after ourselves and so we just want another breakthrough and another healing and another miracle and there's nothing wrong with that. But once we're revived, so what happens is God revives the church, sets it on fire, and then God's spirit and power goes out into community. And then God starts to impact a lost world. But he doesn't do that while the church is lukewarm and not revived. Because the thing is, friends, you want, you want to, when people get saved out there, you want them to come into a church where the people are on fire, where the people are passionate in worship, where people are crying out to God in prayer, when people have a strong personal walk with God, when people are living holy and godly lives, when people are not compromised, they're not lukewarm. So when, that's when God moves outside, so he brings them into a church or into churches that reflect what Jesus is like. So we gotta first revive the church before we invite people to come into the church because they gotta see what God, they gotta, we want them to see an early church. We want them to see a book of Acts so they come in here and they also will catch the fire of God. One of the dangers is, friends, we get people saved out there and they come in and they lose their fire because they sit next to someone who hasn't got the zeal, hasn't got the passion. So God moves first in the church. That's why the church has to be revived. We worry a lot about the nation, 
But we don't have to worry about that. Angie's going to look after that for us. <laughs> we worry about the nation. I don't worry so much about the nation. Well, I do to some extent, but I worry more about the church. Because the church is the key to the nation. And so the first thing it has to be, once the church gets revived, then we can fulfill the Great Commission. Can I remind you of the, um, some of you may have heard of it, some of you haven't heard of it. When I was in Cape Town a few weeks ago and I had a profound encounter with God when the Holy Spirit just came upon me probably for uh, up to maybe two hours. <clears throat> and just God made it very clear to me and said, Tark, I've called you and anointed you and, uh, and your church to help revive the church and to bring revival to the nation. So friends, as a church, as Church Unlimited, our primary calling in God that applies to you as an individual and to me and to all of us is to help revive the church of New Zealand and to bring revival to our nation. That's why we have this conference called New Zealand and Beyond. It's not just a good idea. It's fulfilling what God has raised Church Unlimited for to help revive the church, to help bring revival to the nation and to see New Zealand turn to Jesus. That's what it's about, friends. That's what we are anointed for. And so can I say, friends, to you today, you may not wanna believe it, you may not wanna think it, but there is anointing on your life. If you're a part of the Church Unlimited family, there's an anointing on your life and equipping by God to help revive the church and to help bring revival to New Zealand. Friends, it's not just on me, it's on every single one of us in this building, in this auditorium. And we just got to align with what God has called this church to do. What greater calling could there be than to revive the church and see revival in New Zealand? Does it get any better than that? It's got to be the ultimate. That's the reason Jesus came and died on the cross. To reach lost people with the love of Jesus, with salvation. So that's another reason why. Hey, do you know that um, you know, New Zealand Beyond is really a catalyst to help fulfill the vision of reviving the church? That's why we want you to be a part of it, because you carry it. It's on you. It's on your life. If you can come with us and join us, hey, we can get this, get, get God, see God do something powerful in our lives. And, uh, but you know, New Zealand has seen revivals. Yeah, some of you have heard this before, but you know, I think it was the first sermon preached in New Zealand by Marsden. And he talked about there being a great, another Pentecost, a great reviving in the nation. And God poured out a spirit. And uh, they say that in that, that time, um, approximately 30,000 Maori people gave their lives to Christ. There was a great revival uh, among, in our nation. And uh, they, say, they, they say it was one of the, the greatest revivals in the history of the world. It's almost as if no other revival, virtually up to that point in time, or even since it virtually, no other revival had quite, it may have been some since, quite had the same impact because in New Zealand it was something like up to 50% was born again. Wow. Yeah. In the Wales revival that we all talk about, they reckon it was about 10% maybe 20. The revival in New Zealand way surpassed the revival in Wales. So friends, I'm here to tell you that revival is in the DNA and in the soil of New Zealand. It's in our soil. That's why I think God's raising us up and calling us to get this done. It's not like we're in a barren nation where this is not going to happen. It's happened. There's been many, I could give you, there's been so many revivals in New Zealand. 
There was one in Gore. I can't go into it. That lasted for 20 years. People in their factories were coming under the conviction of God. You know, bars were being closed down. You know, you know as, as the Spirit was working. But this happened over and over again, friends, in our nation. New Zealand is marked for revival. It's in the soil. It's in the DNA. It's, there's wells of revival. All we're doing is digging the jolly thing up and say, God, bring it back and bring it back in greater measure than ever before. The third reason in the last few minutes I've got that the church must be revived is so we don't lose your children and grandchildren. It troubles me deeply that that doesn't concern a lot of Christians. Our, tr our children and our grandchildren. You see, we can only reproduce who we are. A lukewarm church, which the Western church is, will, re will, will reproduce a lukewarm next generation, slightly more lukewarm than the current. So you stand in danger of losing the next generation because the next generation is going to look like you. Like you. It's going to have your passion, your prayer life, your time in the book, your fasting, your hunger for God, your serving in church, your living for Jesus, your holy living, the holy life that you live. The next generation will look like you and look like me. That's why the church has to be revived. It has to be set on fire, friends, because you're in danger of losing a generation. I rest my case, friends. I, I just hope some people will start to get this. Because, you know, in the days of Noah, they just thought, nah, let's eat, drink, and be merry. Everything's going to be fine. But it wasn't fine. It wasn't fine. Friends, these are serious days. These are serious days. Wake up, sleeper. And begin to see what's going on. If ever the church needs to be revived, it's now. Even if you don't do it for your own sake, do it for the sake of the children and the grandchildren that are yet to come in the years that are ahead. That's the third reason I want to see the church revived. And um, I think it's just so important that we, have, we, we, we see that. My last thought is this. Fourth reason to see the church revived <clears throat> is so that you see Ephesians 3.20 fulfilled in your life. What's Ephesians 3.20? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. When the church is revived, that verse will be fulfilled in your life. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that works in you. I've got a question for you right now. What would being revived look like for you? What would it look like in your family? In your family's finances? What would it look like in your marriage? What would it look like in your health? What would it look like in your serving God? What would it look like of the anointing of God upon your life? If you were revived, and if God was filling, fulfilling Ephesians 3.20, what would it look like for you? I want you to get a vision of what can be. 
Because this is what God wants to do, friends. And this is what happens in a revived church. You start to say, man, God has done exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or thought or even imagine. Friends, dare to dream. Right now, just dream right now. Right now, come on, what would it look like? What would a revived church, what would your life, if it's revived, like the book of it, what would it look like? What would your family look like? What would your children look like? What would your health look like? What would your finances look like? What would your marriage look like? You know, what would, what, what would your physical health look like? What, what would your, your job look like? What would your ministry look like? What would the anointing on God like, look, like, look like when the church is revived? That's what we're going to see. Can you see why I'm so passionate for revival? Most of it's for your sake. Seriously, most of it's just for your sake. Because all the blessing of God comes to a revived church. I want to finish with this. What would being revived or a move of God look like at New Zealand and beyond? Next year. What would it look like for you? You're going to say, oh, okay, I went to New Zealand and beyond. What would it look like? Dream. Think. Don't limit God. Yeah. Don't limit God. What could God do yeah. at New Zealand and beyond? Yeah. What could he do? How powerfully could he move at New Zealand and beyond? In what ways could he do extraordinary things? What would it look like for you? It's giving you a chance to think. Think. God's there. There's revival in the air. Theme is revival. What would it look like? I want you to dream, because I want you to come with faith next year. You see, more happens at New Zealand Beyond Conference because it has the ingredients that we see in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. So they're all in one place, in one accord. Body of Christ is there, many are there. They spend extended time waiting upon God, praying, seeking his face. There's a level of hunger, there's a level of faith. There's all the ingredients that we have at the at a Pentecost for something amazing to happen. You know, so more can happen in a, a gathering like that than happens in a church service when we're just here for an hour and a half and we're out of here. This is over two or three days. So you have the ingredients of a, of, you know, and so even last year, um, we got people to fill in those testimony forms of my story. We got 150 forms come in of people who had been impacted by God, healed, set free, you know, had a dream or heard the voice of God or some sort of encounter, 150. 150, maybe 120, that was quite significant. Or, but there's so many more, far more than you ever get in Sunday churches. Because why God can come in a powerful way. It was amazing uh, what God did in, in many, many lives in those forms. And even in some of the songs that we sang, the spirit presence of God was way up on what you have on church. We were singing that song, I, you know, I saw the Lord, you know, seated on the throne, and the throne of his robe filled the temple, his robe filled, the, all that sort of stuff. The presence of God was immense, immense. You don't get that on a Sunday. Why? Because you've got the body of Christ together. You've got extended time. People are charged. People have made a sacrifice. People have paid a price to be there. They've paid money. They've taken annual leave. You know, revival's born after midnight. When you go the extra mile, you take time out, you pay a price, you serve, you come, you give God two or three days of your time. Revival is born after midnight. That's why God can turn up and do amazing things. 